Welcome to the Gentlemen for Liberty podcast, a place for stimulating conversation on the philosophy of liberty and natural law. We aim to promote individualism and self-ownership through productive discourse. With restoring liberty as our ultimate goal, here are your hosts, Derek Wills and John Galt. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Gentlemen for Liberty podcast. I am I am Derek Wills. I am here as always with my partner in crime, uh, Mr. John Galt. John, how are you today, sir? I'm excellent, sir. How are you? Oh, you know, um, if if uh, if I could be any better, um, I would probably be living in a uh, society completely devoid of the state. But well, you know, we we can't all avoid uh, extortion and coercion, right? <laughs> um, so. There have been th- some recent developments in the whole uh, case of Breonna Taylor's murder, and uh, it, it's proving to be even more of a cluster than first thought. So uh, one indictment came down for endangerment on one of the officers. So basically, he was charged with not hitting Brianna Taylor with all of his rounds and shooting into through the walls into the adjacent apartment, which is kind of sick and twisted if you really think about it. Now, of course, a grand jury, the way that they operate is not it's it's not like a trial jury, right? A grand jury is given a set of circumstances and a few set of laws that they can charge or no bill. And if a DA wants to not charge somebody on something specific, they just don't include it. And then whenever the grand jury comes back with whatever they can to determine if a crime was committed per these statutes, that's what they indict on. So now everybody is hanging their hat. See, cops did nothing wrong. Grand jury no no build most of them and then just charged one with no with endangerment. It's like, really, guys? Like, do you not understand how how even our corrupt system works? Well, ob- objectively, no, they, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> that, and, and that's not meant as a slight. It, it it it's a factual point of record. The majority of people have literally zero understanding of their government institutions or how they're structured or the rules that those government institutions abide by. They, they are hideously ignorant in regards to the subject. Yeah, and, and let's face it. Most Americans do everything they can to get out of jury duty, like regular jury duty. Um, now all of a sudden they are experts on grand jury proceedings, um, which is a completely different thing. You're not summoned to be part of a grand jury. Grand jury is a, is a volunteer um thing usually done by retirees who have nothing better to do with themselves. So, you know, that doesn't exactly that's, <laughs> doesn't exactly admonish them and as some uh all knowing, all wise entity, you know? Yeah. Or legal scholars or, <laughs> or right. <cons-> <laughs> it's it it's not. The the uh a grand jury's indictment or lack of indictment is uh heavily influenced by 
uh, as as you already highlighted the 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 general desires of the district attorney. Yeah. A DA has to really be stretching to get something completely no build. Uh and it has happened before where a grand jury could not come back with an indictment on a criminal case. And but I mean those are rare exceptions. I mean I would say the overwhelming majority I don't have statistics up in front of me on this but I would venture to say that probably over well over 90% of grand juries opt to indict whatever they're charged with indicting on. Well, I I think again it it's important to to highlight most often those indictments against uh um the class of people the state identifies as citizens and and not uh um their enforcement mechanisms. Right. <laughs> so right. we we we're simply due to statism and its indoctrination people are uh are uh cultured to um, believe that the state's enforcement agents are at worst uh, ethically neutral, but at best usually um, honorable and noble individuals that should be lauded and praised. Right. For their service. I mean, if there was like an illustration of this, a perfect illustration of this, it would be the cop in Dallas that quote-unquote, walked into the wrong apartment. Oh, and God. That was... That, 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 that case is absolutely disgusting. Absolutely right. disgusting. To, to, to walk into a, a, another man's dwelling, murder him. I, I challenge anyone, anyone listening to go listen to the audio recording of the 911 call. She didn't even render aid to this gentleman. Right. Well, she she's even, under no legal authority or duty to do that. So she didn't. You know. She didn't even. She didn't even render aid. In fact, it, it it actually stood out to me most notably in the nine one one call. She identifies herself as a police officer right at the beginning of the phone call, and the nine one one operator did not ask about the condition of the uh, other individual until like three and a half minutes into the conversation. Wow! I was like, wow. It's, isn't uh, it strange that I just told you I shot someone and you don't ask about that gentleman's, um, um, uh, his status? His well-being? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what's <laughs> going on with him? Okay. Uh, but anyway. So, let's... yeah, so after she gets convicted for, uh, for killing Botham Jean in his own apartment, the judge comes down and hugs he her. Hugs her. Hugs her. Hugs her. <laughs> I, I, I was like, what is happening? Right. So... I mean, just you know, the optics, just the optics. Well, I, I hug everyone. Uh, no, no, you do not. It, it's the, the, the optics of, uh, of an appointed judicial oppressor hugging a woman who murdered a man. I, I, I couldn't imagine even, even being a part of that. Even if she felt that way, that's what, that's something you do. And and behind closed doors or in chambers or where no one would something, see. something no, you don't but, you don't render a sentence. Okay, I'm going to give you ten years because you, you know I know I would probably give anyone else life. I'm going to give you ten years. You'll be out in four for good behavior. 
and then I'm going to come down and I'm going to give you a hug and tell you everything's going to be okay. Like, if, if there was anything to highlight th- what you're talking about, the the stat, the fact that um, the agents of the state are always held at least ethically neutral. I mean, it's that. It's like, you know... Thank you for all all of the wonderful things that you've done. I'm sorry that this happened to you, even though you're the one who did it. Um, yeah, it it's absolutely asinine. But anyway, back to back to Brianna Taylor. Um, so two of the officers did not get any charges uh, filed against them, and the third got endangerment charges for essentially firing rounds into the that ended up going into the adjacent apartment. Um, Now, we also have the one witness, the one witness that claimed that he heard the cops announce themselves as police officers prior to entering the apartment is now changing his story. Um, You know, they interviewed over a dozen witnesses most of them said that they didn't hear anything until shots started ringing out. Now, we can already establish it as fact that they at least knocked because even Kenneth Walker in his testimony said he was yes, awakened. They was, they was awakened by a loud banging. Yeah. So he gets his gun. He and Brianna go to the hall. And uh, the next thing he knows, his door has been just smashed in. I don't know at what if it was before or after the door came off that he fired, according to his own statements, he fired a warning shot at the ground, which me being somebody of something of a, an enthusiastic novice whenever it comes to weapons employment, uh, I won't call myself an expert because I'm not Jerry Michelik. I would never advise firing warning shots ever under any circumstances, but he fired a warning shot at the ground. Then bullets start raining into his apartment, and they kill Breonna Taylor, who was completely unarmed at the time. Uh, he returns fire, ends up shooting one of the officers in the leg, and he says that, oh, we did the moral, ethically correct thing doing this, blah, 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 blah. And despite all of this, like, conservatives driving me absolutely nuts, because it's like, okay... Nobody come and take my guns, okay? Nobody's going to take my guns. And if you're going to, you're going to have to come and take them because I ain't giving up my guns. They're here for a tyrannical government, and I'm just, I'm just not going I'm, I'm to tolerate that. And then, okay, here's a tyrannical government kicking in somebody's private property and uh, murdering an unarmed person. It's like, well, she just shouldn't have been involved with drugs. She shouldn't have been, uh, she, she, you know, she should have just complied. It's like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> it's it's not that they don't hear themselves. It's that they're statist. Right. That that it's it's just that simple. So from a from the perspective of a statist, this since the state has declared um substances illegal, uh arbitrarily, since you know, they they allow um prescription medication um, from pharmaceutical companies that kill anywhere from 70 to 130,000 people annually um, when they're taken per prescription. Since we allow uh, pharmaceutical companies to distribute drugs that kill 
that many people, it, 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 it's not they object to drugs. It's that right. they object to certain drugs arbitrarily based off of, you know, there's there's a variety of reasons and and and, and ascribing motive to each individual party that participates is an extensive conversation. So I don't want to do that. But the whole point is that whether or not someone sold drugs or didn't sell drugs is completely irrelevant. Right. The, in fact, the only reason that's relevant is because the state decided it was relevant and the state criminalized that behavior. The behavior uh-huh. in of itself isn't any more or less uh, ethical or unethical than selling al- alcohol or cigarettes or uh, sugary foods or fattening foods. All of it has a biochemical effect on the brain. All of it used in, in, in excess can um, lead to uh, premorbidity conditions if, if, not, uh, if not managed or handled properly. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if these substances are healthy or um, beneficial to you uh, if you abuse them. So we could, if the point is to protect people, we could criminalize any number of, uh, of, of goods for that purpose that are ingested into your body. So the, 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 the criminalization of drugs is the most arbitrary thing you can identify in this, in, in this scenario. Okay, her ex-boyfriend was a drug dealer. Well, you know, here's, the, here's what's really odd about this whole thing. They found zero drugs in her apartment. No paraphernalia, no drugs, nothing. Of course they did. In spite of them having allegedly monitored the residents for an extended period of time and determined that it was connected to um, drug selling slash distribution involving her ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It's like, great, good job, guys. Your, your investigative powers are, are quite astute. What's what's really crazy though is like the one of the biggest selling points of obtaining the warrant that was executed was the fact that they said a postal inspector had verified suspicious packages going to her apartment thought to have contained narcotics thought to have except, contained right right except for the fact that the that the Louisville postal inspector came out and said no I never talked with the Louisville Metropolitan Police Department on that, uh, I wouldn't have said that because we didn't have any reason to believe that. So th- it's clear that they lied on the warrant to get the warrant. Whoa. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> that, that could never happen. These are incorruptible um, people of, with the highest integrity and in ethics. Right, right. And, you, you know, I, I read an article. I don't. I don't know if it was related to to Breonna Taylor or not, uh, with all of the violence being brought towards otherwise nonviolent individuals. Uh, it could have been any any one of them recently. But I read this article that was it, well, it wasn't an article; it was an op-ed written by a defense attorney who has witnessed, you know, how state agents get warrants. And he basically described it as, you know, they'll come into a courtroom with some documentation. They'll go to the judge and they'll, you know, go back and forth about the weather or what have you. And then the judge will basically just rubber stamp the warrant and tell them to go on about their day. It's like, so you're not even valid. You're not even paying attention to what's on it. It could be any number of things. And we wonder how, how we end up with warrants being executed at the wrong address. We wonder how we end up with warrants being executed that should that 
would be um, uh, fruit of the poison tree or anything like that. Uh, it's just it, the state has never been free of corruption. No, ever. <laughs> no. It, in in fact, its very existence encourages uh, and fosters, nurtures, and cultivates corruption. Mm-hmm. It, it's it it the very nature of the organization is antithetical to corruption. Excuse me, antithetical to the discouragement of corruption. Corruption is be, be, because the basic premise of the state, the basic premise of the state, is that a group of individuals have a greater claim over your life, property, the fruits of your labor, your home, and your children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's, it's immoral on its face. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it, it's, an immoral, it's, an, it's an immoral concept on its face. What would grant a group of other individuals greater claim over your life, your property, your family's lives, the fruits of your labor, your home, your children? Right. What would grant a group of individuals that? Nothing. I mean, that's that is the very epitome of a master-slave relationship, um, by its very definition. Uh, if you have the authority to rule over me as an individual, to extort my property, uh, to to say whether I have the ability to live or die, to extort the fruits of my labor, whatever, you are master over me and I am slave to you. That is the only way that that works. It, it is like, the only way. And, 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 and the labels of the, of the political class or the ruling class are irrelevant. Whether we mm-hmm. call them dukes, nobles, lords, uh, uh, barons, uh, uh, the aristocracy, if they, if they act, because, see, actions are what matters. Mm-hmm. If they act in this manner... It, it 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 is con- it, it is conclusive that they believe either legitimately or illegitimately believe it that they have the 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 right or claim or authority to to do x because they're clearly doing it and you're tolerating it right so anyway back to back to Breonna Taylor's case so um you know the one witness that did corroborate uh, the claim that police announced themselves. They knocked, certainly. That's, that's undeniable. But whether they announced themselves, it's pretty apparent that they either didn't do it at all or they didn't do it properly. And here's why I say that. So you had the one witness who was immediately above Brianna's apartment say that he heard them say police one time. Um, he's since changed that to say he didn't hear it. And then he talks about uniformed officers, which these officers executing the raid were in plain clothes. So if he's talking about uniformed officers, this is post raid. Um, so you can't really, he's not exactly credible at this point. He's shifting around and it's not clear what he's saying. But if you listen to the 911 call, placed by Kenneth Walker immediately after shots stop. He says, and this is pretty close to an exact quote. If it's off, it it changes nothing. I don't know what's happening. Someone kicked in my door and shot my girlfriend. If he knew they were cops, 
Why would he call the cops to say somebody shot his girlfriend? It's clear just from that little bit alone, he had no idea who these people were. Not that it matters, uh, because they're violating the sanctity of his home and, and his property. Um, and it's his property by lease, of course. But they are, they are violating his homestead. It's pretty obvious that he doesn't, he doesn't know that these are cops. Which means that anyone would say that his actions of returning fire were completely justified. If an intruder breaks into your house, they are aggressing against you. Even the laws of nature state that it is justifiable to use defensive aggression up to and including deadly force to do, to protect your life, liberty, and property. He views his property and potentially his life being threatened. Therefore, he returns that aggression and clearly has no idea that these are cops. So either they did announce their presence in a way that he was unable to discern that this is who they were, or they didn't do it at all. So either way, that's a problem for the cops, right? Well, yes. See, there's, 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 there's layers of dysfunction in, in involved in this entire uh, this entire case that are profound and notable. We we could we could really attack this 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 conversation from multiple perspectives: the the pragmatic perspective, the the status perspective. We could we we could also attack it from the perspective that you and I generally would hold a, a more pragmatic but um, anarcho-capitalist libertarian perspective. the 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 issue is that okay, let's say they showed up, they aggressively knocked on the door. Mind you, this is after midnight, in the middle of the night. I'm woken yep. up to this violent uh, aggression on my front door. I have no idea who these people are. I haven't committed any crime. I haven't done anything. I have no reason to believe that the police are at my house. I haven't done anything. She hasn't done mm -hmm. anything. Why would I believe the police would be at my house in the middle of the night? She also has an ex-boyfriend who's allegedly a violent drug dealer, as the state would say, who's oh, allegedly yeah, yeah. a violent criminal. Um, so I have every reason to be concerned. So let's assume they did announce themselves as the police. Who says that he heard that? I was in my bedroom. This is the middle of the night. You might have announced yourself as the police before I came to the hallway. I have no idea who you are. Before I was even aware of my faculties as you were, you know, awakening me with these loud noises. Right. You and know? then, and then you announce, let, let, let's assume you announce, let's say I heard you announce yourself as the police. I, I don't know if I trust that. It's in the middle of the night. Who are you people? Why are you at my house? What is happening? Yeah. So then after you, let's assume I heard you say you were the police. I still have no idea who you are. You break into my home. It's me and this woman here by myself. I have no idea what's going on. Let's assume, let's assume I didn't shoot a warning shot. Let's assume I was the initial that I fired first. Of course I fired first. Men just broke into my house. Absolutely. Of course I fired. Who are Still these justified. people? They're in, they're in plain clothes. I have no idea who you are. Even if you had said you were the police, when you entered the home, 
you were in plain clothes. Oh, yeah. and it's dark. Yeah. And it's nighttime. I don't know who you are. Of course I shot at you. <laughs> what What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then you retreat as a result of my gunfire, and then you proceed to, to fire uh, anywhere from, what was it, 10 to 20 rounds in return fire. And uh, Brianna Taylor struck by, uh, as a result of your gunfire and eventually succumbs to her wounds. Mm -hmm. <sighs> well, she was, it wasn't eventually, she was pronounced dead at 1248 a.m. The breach happened, I believe, at like 1240. So, well, you know, you, she was pretty much killed instantly during the the gunfire. Yes, but what I'm I'm getting at is is that as 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 a as a human being as a man in in the situation you you have every reason to believe that you were in danger. And 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 if you were just such a notorious cop killing scum, you would have fired more than you. There would have been more rounds fired from you. Yeah, and also you wouldn't have called the police afterwards. Um, so now I, I think it's important because, again, let, let, let's have intellectual honesty. Let's take it from the perspective of the police. Okay. Let's, let's try to look at it from the perspective of the, of the police. Let's accept the existence of the state, the unethical, immoral monster that it is that murders men, women, and children freely globally, but let's accept that it exists and let's not be critical of it. From the perspective of the state, allegedly we had witnessed the sale and distribution of illicit substances or, um, from, this, from this residence or through this residence or in connection with this residence. We don't perform, we don't do a warrant during the day because warrants during the day can become hostile. Neighbors, people, parties witnessing it. Okay. We magically decide not to have body cameras because obviously mm, something nefarious may happen and we don't want to be filmed doing it. Uh, we'll just well, blame, I mean, we'll, we'll blame well, department funding on that and say the department had insufficient funding to cover those types of things. Well, actually, per the uh, Louisville Metro Police Department policies, plainclothes officers are just not required to wear body cams. Well, of course. Why would, why would we need to wear body cams? Be, be, I, I mean, I, it, it, it's okay. I'm I'm the state. <laughs> I I can I can I can I can uh, arbitrarily define when it, it's appropriate to film my officers performing their duties and when it's not appropriate to film my officers performing their duties. It obviously wouldn't be necessary to have for have my officers filmed while they were breaking into someone's home. I wouldn't want those events to be documented um, clearly and, and 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 well for um, legal purposes after the fact, obviously. Right, right, so, right. Plausible deniability and all. Well, well obviously. <laughs> uh, so we show up to this residence. Unbeknownst to them, Kenneth Walker was present. She, the, 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 it, the residence was in Breonna Taylor's name. Mm -hmm. So there, there may have been a general expectation that she would, may have been the only party present uh, at the residence, which just, again, reeks of, oh, look, we would have broken into the home of a single female Obviously, I felt safe doing that, as, you know, as, as, a, as an armed man with, you know, I felt really safe doing that. So, you know, in, in keeping with my my above board moral integrity and character, um, I show up to this location in the middle of the night for officer safety, because if we had done it during the day, greater risk may have there may have been greater risk. So we knock aggressively 
No one responds. Well, obviously it's in the middle of the night. People are sleeping, but that 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 signals to us that uh, perhaps there is an attempt to cover up evidence mm-hmm. or destroy evidence. So we say police, and we immediately proceed to break the door down. Immediately after coming through the door, we receive gunfire in the darkness. Obviously, I'm going to retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, as the officer, I'm going to retreat, and I'm going to reasonably return fire because I've been fired upon. Okay. Now, I, 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 obviously, uh, the point I'm making there, all the sarcasm aside in, in my previous statements, which weren't really sarcasm, it was a criticism of the state and how it operates, but let's take the sarcasm out. When the, st- when, the, when, the, when the agents of the state showed up to the residence, they're just there to perform a warrant and breach and search for the products. They have no idea that he's there. They, have, they, they, don't, they don't know anything. This is what makes it such a, a ridiculous situation. So they enter into the residence in ignorance. They are fired upon. I would actually say them returning fire is reasonable from the perspective as a statist agent enforcer because no again we're talking about it from the perspective of the state that this is just very key i'm just performing my duties to squash this distribution cell uh of an illicit substance that actually um leads to fewer deaths than a variety of other legal substances but we won't address that um so i'm I'm there. I'm performing my duties. I'm trying to do my job. I break into this person's home. Of course, I have the authority to break into the home because I'm a state agent. Uh, you know, this, of course, would not be acceptable for any other private citizen, but well, I'm a state not. agent, so I have the right to break into your home. So I break in. I'm fired upon. I, of course, say, oh, God, we're being fired upon. We need to return fire to the threat that's inside the home. Mm-hmm. We, we discharge rounds. The threat does not appear to return fire at that point. We we then take additional steps to control the situation. So from the state standpoint, a citizen, which again is a, uh, a, a title that the state assigns to a free individual um, to claim ownership or possession or jurisdiction over them, um, the, I, we, a citizen has fired on one of the state's agents. Well, that's not acceptable behavior. No. This, my state agents were in the were in the, were actively involved in enforcing my edicts and dictates, and therefore you must be charged with the assault on this state agent. It's it's really that simple. Now, and the fact that the state my state agents may actions may have led to the death of a citizen is tragic and unfortunate. But they were, it was in the process of them performing their duties and uh, the potential apprehension of a criminal who had just fired upon them. So they can't be exactly held liable for discharging their gun uh, recklessly into a, uh, a a residential area where they may have killed or injured any number of parties. So, you know, it's funny. I like even Steven Crowder, which doesn't surprise me. I, I don't know why I said even Steven Crowder, but uh, Steven Crowder, the uh, conservative uh, funny man that has his own show and a huge following from a conservative base. He's saying he's labeling it as, you know, it's tragic, but yes, because from the status fan standpoint, it is tragic, but 
the it it is we're saying her death is tragic yes but the 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 situation it she she it's still, is a victim she, of she the situation. She should not have been there. She should not have been, been in her own residence. Well, no, no, no. She should not have been involved in the alleged sale and distribution of narcotics. And so ultimately, that dehumanizes which is, which her is, and makes which is it alleged anyway, because she was never she was never convicted or charged with such a crime. So, right. Not that not that uh, you know criminal courts are uh, flawless by any means, but you know. They were supposedly executing a warrant due to uh, the alleged sale and or distribution of narcotics, and they found exactly none in the apartment. So it's like, okay. And here, here's what really drives me crazy because um, – and don't get me wrong. Uh, leftists have their own huge set of hypocrisies uh, that you know need to be taken on on their own. But as it regards, as it relates to this, conservatives are—they drive me crazy because it's like they—they they believe that it is okay for the state to to regulate these things and prohibit them and in, and use force and violence in order to ensure that the prohibition is met. But at the same time, it's it's like, hey, if I mean, you're pro-gun, obviously, being a conservative. If you shoot an active shooter, meaning you would be fully justified in the eyes of the state and anything else in using force and violence against an, an, a, another person, but one of your rounds or five of your rounds or however many of your rounds ends up hitting an innocent bystander, you are going to face severe consequences for that because you are responsible for every round that leaves your muzzle. They don't, and, and conservatives will absolutely admit, and freely admit that, that should be the case for the average citizen. But for law enforcement, it's like, no. I mean, Breonna Taylor, yeah, she was unarmed. Yeah, she was not firing any, any weapons, possessing any weapons, or being aggressive in any way towards the cops. Uh but because she was supposedly involved in all of this, that justifies the cops killing her. And what's even more uh, infuriating is conservatives in particular, and leftists do this to their own extent. Uh, usually it's whatever narrative they want to follow depending on whatever circumstance. But conservatives in particular are all about innocent until proven guilty that mantra of innocent until proven guilty you are not a criminal until a court of law convicts you of committing a crime except they don't ever actually believe that they are labeling Brianna Taylor as a drug dealer they are labeling her that despite having never even been charged with drug trafficking they will label uh, people like uh, David Anthony Ware as a as a felon, even though he apparently had a drug charge from several years prior that ultimately ended up getting dropped. But because he killed two police officers after being tased and beaten and kicked and uh, finally having, you know, even more violence brought upon him, he decided to defend himself. 
he is now no he is dehumanized he is uh forever condemned as being this awful felon uh who brought violence against state agents i don't understand how they don't understand their own hypocrisies whenever it comes to these things and it's and it's infuriating and again it's not only conservatives who do it liberals do it too leftists communists all of them do it um but if you preach that you want a government that is small and controlled and checked and one of the means of checking that government is the right to bear arms against a tyrannical government then when somebody uses arms to repel a tyrannical government you should side with them yes the problem is that conservatives are statist and as a result of them being statist they believe in the legit legitimacy of the state it is a religion it is their faith so while they hold some ideas some principles ultimately they believe in the legitimacy of the state, which means they believe in the legitimacy of the state to initiate force, the legitimacy of the state to engage in extortion, the state's greater claim over your life, your property, the fruits of your labor, your children's lives, your family's lives, your home. It's just that simple. And so that's a higher value. That's, that's truly what it is. It's a higher value. And because the police officer is the ultimate civilian example of the state as an entity because the op the officer is an enforcement mechanism police a policy enforcer the because i've already accepted the premise of the state i accept the premise of an enforcer i accept mm -hmm. the premise of a policy enforcer i accept the premise that a person who is engaged as an enforcer may use force as part of their enforcement and therefore, my basic premise is you should just comply. Because again, right. I've, already, I've already accepted that the state exists. I'm a conservative. I've accepted that the state exists and has a sovereign position to me and that I, ha I have a subservient position to the state. So my argument is that you should simply comply with the enforcement mechanism. And if you feel that you, the enforcement, mecha enf enforcement mechanism was prejudicial or um, um, incorrect, use the state the state's mechanism to redress that grievance right of course you know the state being naturally corrupt it just you know the 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 one thing that they like to say a lot is if you don't like the laws change the laws well it's not exactly easy to get a law changed you know i uh before we started this whole thing up um I worked for a grassroots gun rights organization where we lobbied to get constitutional carry enacted in Texas. Two legislative sessions I worked through pushing a piece of pro-gun legislation in Texas, which anybody would think, that's got to be super easy, right? No, it's not. And now it is, uh, you know, now that I've stepped away from that role, I'm looking at it for the next legislative session. I still don't see it happening. Why is that? Why, why is it so hard for uh, 
what many would think to you know a republican controlled house or a republican controlled senate a, re- a republican lieutenant governor or a republican governor why is it so hard to get a piece of legis- a pro gun piece of legislation passed that uh, i believe you know 16 17 other states already have why is that so hard well the the reason it's so hard is because the state's mechanism for changing laws is difficult even whenever you are are lobbying and pushing these pieces of legislation, it it is incredibly difficult to do. So the whole notion of if you don't like the law, just change it is is a false premise. Like it's a, it's, it's a notion that is unachievable. It's like you're you're saying it in a way as if oh just just go just just go turn on the light switch. No, it's not it's not that simple at all. I spent. Four years trying to get constitutional carry passed, and it did not work. I could not get it done. And I was not the only one. I was working with uh, at least three other grassroots gun rights organizations all pushing the same thing, and it, it, didn't, it didn't work when I was there anyway. But that's a whole nother, it's a whole nother thing. So uh, I saw an article today saying that uh, portions of edited body camera footage from post-Priyana Taylor raid have been released. Have you seen any of this yet? No. Um, tell me. Go ahead. Yeah, so there's not there's not a whole lot there. Um, this, I, I, they're still maintaining that there is no body cam footage of the actual raid because as has been, you know, established... They were plainclothes officers, and they were not—they um, weren't wearing body cams because they're not required to per LMPD policy. The cops that are on scene afterwards are the, where these body cams footage came from. And what's interesting—and I'm not a huge fan of Vice News—but um, I gotta hand it to Vice—they have done a very good and thorough job. Um, handling the Breonna Taylor case. Um, it has been very objective and factual, like, in, in, a, in a way that I would say is uh, way above standard for even every other type of quote-unquote journalist agency. Uh, Vice has done a very good job of handling the Breonna Taylor thing. Um, so the body cam, there are two recordings that they that they released both are under a minute long but they show a couple of very key things they show um LMPD officers clearly violating LMPD policy so per the police department policy anytime officers are engaged in a um an armed altercation there there's a um there's a euphemism that they use in the article. I'm having trouble finding it. But anytime that they're essentially involved in a raid, once the scene is secure and other officers are on scene, those officers involved in the raid are supposed to be escorted away from the scene. Some of the officers in the raid are seen on body cam footage well over an hour after the raid had stopped. Um, one is uh, seen with an AR uh, strapped to him. Uh, again, he's still in plain clothes, but uh, 
he's interacting with witnesses and doing all these other things, which he's not supposed to, he's not even supposed to be on scene anymore. You see another officer who is uh, his body cam, he walks into the crime scene when it's still an active crime scene and he's not supposed to be in the apartment. Eventually, one of the other detectives there tells him to leave, but another violation of policy. Uh, Also, the other portion of footage shows Kenneth Walker's arrest. And the reason that this is key is that it corroborates some of what he already said in his original testimonies that, um, that ultimately give him more credibility for everything else. So he had said that he was threatened with a uh, with a police dog. Uh, he was said that he was um, upon his arrest. He was threatened that, you know, even though he didn't know what was happening, he said that the cops uh, threatened him. Said that that he was going to prison for the rest of his life. It shows that, like, uh, it, here's here's a little excerpt from the article itself. As Hankinson and other and another officer handcuffed Walker, footage shows Walker is heard yelling, "What did I do?" Hankinson responds, "You're going to prison. That's what's going on for the rest of your fucking life." That's the quote. So, also there's a police dog that is barking and he is threatened with the dog. Um he says if you walk straight back, quote Walk straight back or I will send this dog on you. It's like the guy is clearly complying. You don't need to you don't need to continue to to use that type of uh control over him. He's he's already you've already got him, okay? He's listening. So because that corroborates these details of Kenneth Walker's story, the other details already instantly have that much more credibility. Like he has no idea what's going on. He has no idea why he's being arrested. He called 911 immediately after the firing stopped to say, somebody shot my girlfriend. So he didn't know that they were cops, meaning they didn't announce themselves or didn't announce themselves properly. He has no idea why he is uh, being arrested. Like, he is entirely clueless as to this whole thing. And yet... He has been cast as the uh, as the antagonist in this narrative. So I, I mean, th- those are all kind of key things. I mean, if and and here's a question that I pose: If on camera cops are seen violating their own policies blatantly, what makes you think they're going to adhere to those policies off camera? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It's an interesting detail because there are many instances where you are watching body camera footage and you watch the officers violate their own department policies. Yeah. This isn't unique to just this story. I mean, you can just go on YouTube and and find body cam footage of this. They, They regularly violate their own department policies. And more egregiously, you can witness them uh, collaborating with other officers on falsifying evidence, um, 
making up charges. Mm-hmm. Oh, what can we charge him with? Well, he didn't do this. Well, he didn't do that. Ooh, resisting arrest. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it odd that you can be charged and convicted solely on the crime of resisting arrest? Isn't that called uh, that's a, that's a resisting crime. kidnapping? Well, yeah, that. But it's a secondary crime. You had to have been charged with a previous crime to for the arrest to be initiated. Right. And but, then arrested, and then arrest, and then and then the arrest has to be initiated, and then you resist the lawful arrest of the initial crime, and then so the secondary charge is resisting. But if the but imagine where a sec, uh, uh, the initial crime doesn't exist, and they still charge you with the secondary crime. Right. That's ridiculous. Well, it's it's it's, it's, it's malicious prosecution. Um, right. It and 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 and, and honestly. In in the case of the enforcement agents, many times they know the charges will be dropped. They're just doing it to inconvenience you and show t- and and establish to you that we are the authority figures, and you are in a subservient position, and you will comply when we give you a directive. Or <laughs> wait, they they can't do that. That's unethical. Whoa. Well, they need to stop being captured by their own body cams doing that. Then right. <laughs> you know, I saw a um, I saw a story several months back. Uh, some police officer was uh, finally charged with multiple counts of planting evidence, and they charged him because it showed him planting evidence on his own body camera. Like, he knows it's rolling, and he just does not care. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. It, 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 it's, he's behaving as if he believes that he has a greater claim over your life, your property, the fruits of your labor, your home. And because he has a greater claim and that he's above these uh, limitations that a lowly civilian would be subject to, that he can do as he chooses. Right. Of course, all of this aside, there are a couple of very, there are a couple of things of propaganda floating around surrounding the, Brianna Taylor thing that even if they were true wouldn't matter uh, it's just a further means to try and dehumanize her which is uh, a travesty in and of itself um, like some of it is saying she wasn't an EMT she was fired in 2017 and some of these people are are saying she was fired as an EMT because a um a dead body was found in a rental car that was rented in her name. If that were the case, there would be a police investigation on that. There would be documentation on that, likely charges, and possibly a conviction, of which nothing exists. Uh, the only thing that I've seen somebody document on this is in no way official. It's it's uh, It's a PDF document put together by some unknown news source that has a couple of screenshots from what looks like a, a the Louisville courthouse or the Kentucky Court of Criminal Appeals or whatever, uh, showing some pieces of information, but it says on there, not official court documents. Um, you see some grainy pictures uh, that could have been taken at any point uh, showing Breonna Taylor's car not the car that she allegedly rented and had this dead body in, but her car. 
uh, and it's it's in some court quote unquote court transcripts, but they're not even official transcripts. It's literally like somebody typed out the dialogue as part of this document, and it's like okay, nothing in this is is able to be corroborated by any reliable source whatsoever. You would think that if this actually happened, there would be a boatload of documentation surrounding it. Certainly, she would not have been working as an emergency room technician the day before she died, if that were true. Well, what's funny about what you're describing is that is standard operations anytime the police discharge their weapons. Uh, The criminal record or past actions of the party involved are disclosed. Their character is maligned and attacked. They are called felons, criminals, thugs, drug dealers. There's, there's quite a bit of emphasis on events that may have happened 3, 5, 10, 15, 20 years prior to the events in question that day. Mm-hmm. As if something I did back in 1989 is in any way a justification for what you did to me in 2020. Right. And I mean, that was the case with George Floyd. Oh, quite extensively, there was an attempt to malign his character. And to be clear, I am certainly not suggesting that George Floyd was a um, outstanding individual that um, should be praised as a father and husband or caretaker of his family. But his past affiliation or past criminal convictions are not related to the specific charges or allegations at the time at which he unfortunately lost his life as a result of police actions because the police's actions were not initiated based off of those crimes. Yeah. So we can't use those crimes, which he would have served his time for. And if we're applying our statist model, he's been tried, convicted, and he served his time to the community. So that would be over. It would be the past. He would have already served his time and therefore lording that over him after he's already served his time would be um, a disservice because obviously if we don't allow him or her to return to trying to be a productive quote citizen then we we've 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 we're harming this we've we're harming ourselves first but we're harming this individual uh beyond the extent of their sentence um, right so it, it's inter- it's always interesting how that comes up oh this person was convicted of a crime or they were charged with this or this happened or they have a extensive quote rap sheet it doesn't matter yeah what matters is what did he or she do? What did the state do? If the state is wrong, they're wrong. If the individual is wrong, the individual is wrong. Unfortunately, we, we, we as, as people, we apply right and wrong based off of legality and illegality. Right. Instead of what, a, what is moral, ethical, or just. And that puts the ball um, quite exclusively in the state's favor because the state is allowed to decide legality and illegality. 
Right. And you know, that's a very interesting point. A lot of people, I've, I've been asked this, um, before, uh, and I even remember asking this myself whenever I was in, in school, but you know, whenever you study history and you get to Nazi Germany, people are always like, how did this happen? How did the people just go along with all of this? Like what happened? And it's just the fact that the state said it was okay. So the people followed it. That is, that's it. Oh, it, not only did the state say it was okay, the initial the the initial ascension of the Nazi party was legal. Yeah, no, absolutely. And whenever whenever Nazi Germany said that it's legal for Jews to be arrested and sent to concentration camps and eventually executed, you know, people did not really question it. And it's very likely that most of them, and I'm speculating here, most people probably went along with it because they thought that it was fine, because the state said so. It's not necessarily a condemnation of them. It's kind of how our human psyche works whenever we uh, believe in you know, our nation's exceptionalism, so to speak. Uh, you know, you, you find people who think that the United States government can never do any wrong. And it's like, okay, well, uh, look at the Trail of Tears. Look at uh, foreign interventions in all of these countries. Look at, um, you know, look at the concept of slavery in in its entirety. Look, look at all of these atrocities. You know, they just kind of brush it off. Well, and they were, they were our interest. Right. <laughs> The vague euphemism of why we intervene in every foreign country known to man, our interests. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a whole nother topic. Um, but Brianna Taylor was not working as an EMT during her the time of her death. She was working as an emergency room technician, which requires an EMT certification to do. So the founder of Gentlemen for Liberty uh, goes by the pseudonym Flounder. He works as an EMT professionally. He kind of knows a thing or five about being an EMT. Brianna Taylor had her EMT certification. She became an EMT. When she quit her job as an EMT, the termination records checked a box that said do not rehire. That could have been for any number of reasons. That does not necessarily put any negative character on her. It could have been a myriad of reasons. It could have just been her supervisor didn't like her. It could have been um it could have been anything. Really. I mean let your imagination take you as to why somebody would check that box. She quit that job to become an emergency room technician which is what she was working as at, from what I understand, at two different hospitals. She had just gotten off of multiple consecutive days of working 12-hour shifts, and the night she was murdered was the first night that she had off. I think it is important to put that irrelevant talking point to bed simply because all that it serves to do is further dehumanize her and justify her death. That, that, it's what what what's more disgusting is the media's complicity in that. 
I, right. I can understand the the, uh, the state's uh, desire to uh, to malign her character because obviously the, the state wants to justify its use of violence because if we were to be if we were to clearly see that the state was simply a violent criminal syndicate and without legitimacy it would it would jeopardize the long term stability of the state. However, I it's it's really shameful that that we as individuals refuse we refuse to simply look at a situation for what it is and the situation is the only reason any of this happened is because the state had passed decrees making substances illicit that's it yeah that's it that's the war on drugs yeah that 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 this entire situation is, is is predicated on that entire foundation isn't the war on drugs predicated on the the fact that they want to save lives? Uh, I'm sure that's the uh, propaganda that's sold to the people. But right, it's, the but war yeah. on drugs is a war on people. It's a it's a it's a it's a war on controlling uh, people. It's a war on controlling what you can put into your body. Uh, ironically, again, I can put pharmaceutical in my body. So long as a, your licensed drug dealer signs off on it. Uh, that can lead to tens of thousands of deaths annually. But if I, am, but if I was to um, have plant matter in my possession, uh, then I am a felon and a criminal mastermind. If I was to have other substances such as heroin or cocaine in my possession, I'm again a criminal mastermind uh, that's bent on destroying the community. And 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 I have to I I have to make this point. The only reason drug criminal drug gangs exist is because of the state criminalizing the substance. Right. And that's I mean, if it. You look at the if you look at the alcohol prohibition years, that's the only reason. In a black market, competition requires violence. Well, and that is because of the inherent violence that the state will bring upon you should you be caught in your, you know, illicit commerce. You know, it's even worse than that. And in a black market, the violence is a direct result of the is is even even more so a direct result of the fact that the that the entrepreneurs, the businessmen involved in said market are not able to redress grievances or monetary losses with the state legal mechanism. So they have to create an alternative mechanism to ensure that their business contracts are um, acknowledged. I and have they couldn't, to have, I'm right. sorry. They, they, and it's not like they can create like a black market intermediary. Right. Um, you know, I mean, if, if you were to have the absence of, of the state... Um, you know, capitalism would create these intermediaries to help facilitate contractual disputes or what have you. But you know, that's a whole nother comp- you know conversation. A black market won't c- cannot allow for that, so they have to resort to uh, you know the use of violence. And and as soon as prohibition ended, magically the gangsters and mobsters involved in those industries magically left those industries. Because yeah. there wasn't any profit, because market forces drove the prices down again to a more realistic and, and, and obtainable va- uh, level, 
which mean, meant that the profits weren't there for the nefarious players. And as a, as an and as an individual, why would I pay to purchase this good from an illegitimate source when I could purchase it from a licensed business here at a lower price? Yeah. So anyway, that's a that's a whole nother topic. Oh, I know, but I, I think it's but. very important that 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 ultimately we understand the entire reason this exists is because the state has decided the substances are illicit. Ergo, boyfriend involved in um, sale or distribution. Ergo, monitoring the location where he was selling or distributing drugs. Ergo, the use of violence and force to contain or stop the sale of these drugs. Ergo, death of human being. Yeah. If we, if if it was like, oh, imagine if you just got a, imagine if you got a small amount of heroin from CVS. Yeah, at, like you could prior to 1914. <laughs> I mean, not CVS, but your local pharmacy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, magically, America became the richest and most prosperous nation in the world, despite the availability of such things. Hmm. The Industrial Revolution hmm. happened without a hitch. Somehow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, I think uh, I think we have uh, I think we've covered all of the important points regarding this. Yes, sir. Um, it is plain and simple that uh, Breonna Taylor was murdered. I mean, the, she was unarmed. Even even if everything else were true, she was unarmed, not an aggressor, and she was still shot multiple times and was killed as a result of a police raid. Um, the cops are not held to the same standard as a private citizen who would use the same force in a justified manner and somehow strike and kill an innocent bystander. Um, and that is the very definition of tyranny. So, uh, John, do you have anything that you would like to add before closing? Uh, just this is a small uh, addition to what you just said. If a private citizen did what these police officers did, at at the very least, they would be charged with manslaughter. At the very least, yeah. At the very least. Probably and negligent homicide but or greater. So the, the, the fact that the state, again, reserves for itself um, a elevated position where they are above such arbitrary distinctions is uh, indicative of the fact that the state views itself as a master and you as a slave. And yeah, it's an unfortunate place. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, it is now the time where we lift up our glasses. And usually I know we toast to, uh, to Liberty, but, um, with today's topic being what it is, uh, I want to raise my glass to Brianna Taylor and just let her know that wherever she is, um, people do care about her. They care about what happened. Um, and they will not be silenced no matter what. And um, we hope that even if the state does not act on, you know, appropriately to, uh, even if the state does not act appropriately to ensure that the aggressors who murdered her are held accountable for their actions. We hope that at the very minimum, karma does. So, with that, raise your glasses, and I toast to you, Brianna Taylor. To Brianna Taylor. You've been listening to the Gentleman for Liberty podcast. 
Join us at patreon.com slash gentlemen for liberty to show your support. Patrons get access to bonus content, can suggest show topics, and more. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gentlemen for Liberty and on Twitter at Gents, the number four, Liberty. Be sure to check out our blog, GentlemenForLiberty.com, and sign up with your email address for updates. Please rate our podcast in your app, and until next time, we raise our glasses to you for liberty. This has been a Gentleman for Liberty production, hosted by Derek Wills and John Galt. Copyright Gentlemen for Liberty 2020.